Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So here it is. Let's go into the cosmos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Into the Cosmos, your New York Cosmos team podcast, exclusively here on the Sports Palooza Radio Network. I am EJ Carr, and by now you all know my co-host, Franco DeLapa. Franco, what is happening, man? How you doing? All good here, EJ. Nice, man. Nice, man. How you feeling, man? What's happening? You happy with a nice 3-2 win for the Cosmos this weekend? That was a pretty big win, Franco. It was. It was a really a spirited game, too. You know, I mean, very rewarding for the Cosmos. I mean, that was one of those games that, like, they used to win last year, you know. Um, maybe a little sloppier than those games, but the resiliency, you know, the resourcefulness that they that they used to have, you see in that come come about, come more to the fore, sort of a spirit, sort of a belief. So that was, that was good to see. Um, yeah, it's a real rivalry game. We talked to Jimmy Mulligan a little bit about that, and it's really a rivalry game now. So uh, high, high level, motion, passion going on in that game, and that was really – so it's good, good to watch. Yeah, good. And then I come away with a win, which, you know, makes it all worthwhile for the Cosmos. Yeah, big win for the Cosmos. I mean, you know, when you come away with a 3-2 win, you're putting your, perhaps you're putting yourself in a 2 nothing hole before the 15th minute of the match. I mean, there's certain people who haven't even sat down yet. And the Cosmos are down 2 nothing to, to a big rival by Tampa Bay, which, of course, you know, that's a big match for the Cosmos. Tampa Bay, these two have been going at it for 40 years, man. So, you know, for those of you who are either at Shore Stadium or home watching that game play out, Stream Mulligan did play a pretty big role in that win. I mean, he's going to be joining us here, like Franco said. Yeah, I mean, he had a big, fluent, a big influence on the, on, the, on the second goal. Of course, putting that beautiful ball into the middle of the, of the box like that with no loss to it. Just a beautiful ball. I even, I even gave him props for that because that was a beautiful ball. Of course, Dave in the game at the end of the match with that header that was arguably earmarked for that post, Franco. I mean, it was a lot going on there. Jimmy Mulligan had a big influence on this match. Oh, yeah. It was definitely, uh, you know, we're talking about this later. Can't, there's no stats for it. Jimmy Mulligan, you know, in the, yeah. putting that ball in there, that being in the right place at the right time, all that stuff adds up. A few of those plays, those are obvious ones. Other ones, it all adds up, and that's you need to do all that to win a game, and you need to do it from the first minute, which maybe the Cosmos didn't do as well, through the 93rd minute, which they did. They, you know, they got better as the game went on. And, of course, here comes David Diosa, and, of course, here come the Cardiac Cosmos again, Frank. You know, we even brought this up with Jimmy. You know, Frank and I just sat down with Jimmy about an hour ago, and uh, we, we're going to talk about this stuff with Jimmy and David Diosa coming off the bench. Man, what a job this kid does. I mean, you know, you come on the field in the 87th minute of a match, and you really don't know how much of an influence you can actually have. But he ends up getting the play of the week 
for the Cosmos in a matter of a few minutes, man. I mean, the guy, the guy didn't even break a sweat. Well, I guess in this kind of temperature, there's no way you can't break the sweat just by taking the pitch. But, I mean, he was on the field for five minutes, man. He ends up having the play of the week in the North American soccer league. Huge goal. Give the Cosmos a 3-2 win with that near post run. And then Jimmy talked about that, too. Uh, David Kiosa, man, silently is becoming a, a very dangerous man in this league, Frank. Yeah, I thought he was playing with a lot of confidence, too. Come in then, you know, um, and make the difference. You know, he's he's uh, been in some tough situations with this team during the season. Things haven't gone so well, uh, but he's right there. You know, even going back to that Ibar game, I think we, we interviewed him after that, and he was talking about being nervous in that game, but you can't tell, you know. He was taking the penalty kicks, and, uh, and uh, you know, it was just a friendly game. Uh, you can't tell. I think he's very composed. And, uh, you know, he's just beating off everybody else is like that, too. So I see a real a lot of composure on this team now. And, and as, as it goes along, things aren't going to get any easier or less uh, tense. I mean, these games, Tampa, the last two games, they've been pretty right high-level passion going on there. And uh, nobody giving an inch. So, uh, yeah, it's good to, good to see. He's still a young player. In Diosa, it's still uh, just growing, you know, and you see that. Yeah, good to see. Very composed finish at the end and just, uh, you know, it's a game winner, and obviously he gets, he gets a lot of credit for that and, and an award, too. Yeah, what do you think about the handball? I mean, I, you know, I, st- I still don't know if it was clarification if that ball was actually a handball because it did hit off his left left arm. But, uh, you know, th- then, there's, then there was another report that it was actually a trip in the box that caused that penalty kick. I, 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 I still don't know. I, I actually watched that game twice. I, I still can't figure out whether it was the handball that they called. There, there has been no official thing that came out except what the official call was. But, uh, you know, obviously it was enough to give the Cosmos a 2-2 draw at that point. And coming away with those three points, Frank, the cardiac Cosmos are obviously back. And, and Coach Gio, boy, I'm emotional. This, I, I don't know what happened to Coach Gio over the course of the week. Maybe it was just because the Tampa was in town. Knowing it was a big match, of course, the Cosmos were one, two, and two in their last five matches. So, uh, you know, uh, being down two nothing early, oh boy, you know, the eight ball was out, and there was a lot of stress in that match. Obviously, we saw Campbell and Coach Gio. Oh my goodness, those two were barking. I, I thought they were going to start throwing fists at each other, Frank. Though you don't see that too often. Man. I, I mean, it, it took the ball boy. I saw the ball boy had to come in there and get in Colin Campbell's face to say, "All right, all right, that's enough, man. That's enough." I, I mean, it was. You know, and then obviously later on we saw King and Adam Moffat get into it. And King, I, I, I thought King was going to break out boxing gloves and start punching Adam Moffat in his face. And Adam Moffat's not that guy. So I don't know where that came from. I highly doubt Adam Moffat was insulting anyone or doing anything wrong. It was a physical match. I still don't know why King reacted like that. Obviously the two both got sent off with red cards about the 67th minute or so. So, man, I, that, that was strange to see Adam Moffat and King get sent off, Frank. But we, we don't see that. Well, let's go back to the handball first. Um, I thought at first it was a trip. And then uh, listening to the commentary, you know, Frank Isola did a really good job, I thought, on that. He was saying for sure it looks like a handball, and he didn't agree with that. So uh, it, yeah. that was a tough one to figure out. But I did see, I think the referee saw a lot of stuff going on there. The other thing is a defender can't really go in like that with his hands up uh, and expect yeah. to get away with it. I mean, that's not really how you defend you got to keep your hands, you know, away from the ball, not, like, going towards the ball. So I thought the defender asked for that that call in a lot of ways. So it probably was a handball. You can't even, like, look like you're doing that and barely touch the ball. Say you barely touched it and you're coming in with your hands up like that. 
that's a that's a, a handball and it's a penalty. So uh, in that case, I think the referee uh, did go for that. The other thing I think Stuart Campbell and, and Tampa have um, set in a sort of a narrative or an agenda here where the referees and, and these controversial calls are more important than anything else that's going on out there too. So that's kicking up um, sort of um, tension with the other teams too, because they're saying, Hey, we get bad calls too, or, you know, so we don't want that to be the primary thing. And I think they're spending a lot of time. And I think Gio said that as much. He said, you can't just keep blaming or calling everything as a bad call. And the referee, look at the other thing is the referee is a big part of the game. They might have a bad day. They might have several bad days. That's part of the game because um, players have bad games. Coaches have bad games. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's just part of the deal. So, I think you've got to uh, be careful about making that the overarching uh, reason why, you know, things happen, you know. And I think Tampa's done a bad job of that. And so now everything looks like it's, you know, on this referee and every call. So uh, once it gets to that stage, you know, it's hard to go back. I think they need to reboot, and I think they tried to do that a week ago during the week. Uh, the owner, Bill Edwards, I think, put out a statement that uh, – you know, that they wanted to kind of start over on that that sort of thing. They already put out a video with all the, uh, you know, this victim mentality, I think, is is not going to help that team. So uh, saying that, uh, there was already a rivalry game. You've got all that going on. And so by the time uh, Darnell King looked to, like, clip Adam Moffat from behind a little bit there, I mean, tensions were really high. So there was a, a lot of things were exploding. A lot of emotions were exploding there at the end. Really were man. I mean, emotional uh, is the perfect word for that match. Uh, it's, even I, I, I really couldn't believe that Chelsea at halftime said. Even interviewed Coach Gio as they do at every halftime, and I couldn't believe she said to him. So, what do you think of the referee and all this stuff so far? I actually couldn't believe Coach Gio answered the question. I thought he was going to put Chelsea right through that back board, like, <laughs> like he was fired up. Like, ah, I'm, I mean, he was, he was pretty fired up, man. You know, barking about how Colin or how Campbell was barking at the referees the whole entire match, trying to get every little stupid call, and then it turned into. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I thought Campbell and Coach Steele were going to go out of there. That, that, I couldn't believe that, man. And so obviously now that the fall portion is getting near to the nitty gritty, and all these points are going to be so essential, Franco. Every single point is going to be huge now. Huge now. There's no. Giving away points at this point. You 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 want three points every weekend, and if you don't get three points every weekend, you might find yourself out of position. I mean, obviously the top three are the top three in the, in the North American Soccer League right now, looking in pretty good shape. Post Cosmos are two points behind. You know, both the clubs at top right now. It's uh, boy Edmonton, Franco. What the hell is Edmonton doing? That's amazing, man. Three goals. They've given up three goals. How many more one nothing matches can Edmonton really win, Franco? That that that's amazing. I I am more than impressed with Edmonton's story right now. Yeah, I'm kind of I, I'm split on that. I'm impressed and also not impressed in the sense that I'm not sure you can win a championship with a team that scores as little as they do. But obviously, yeah. if you're defending that well, you could win it. So let's see how this plays out. I think I, I've got them down with six one-goal games, of which they've won five. They're five and one yeah. one-goal game in the fall season alone. The only two-goal game that they, they've had where they've scored more than one goal was the two late ones against the Cosmos, which, you know, I mean, that was like they, they were basically going to get maybe one goal at them. How they got two goals in that game was like a, almost unbelievable. not going to happen again. Yeah. Uh, so this team is eight goals for three goals against, and they're 
first place with Indy. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to figure. I still don't think they can win it with that little offense. But saying that, I think they they got a couple guys out there that can really put pressure on the defenders. Um, some real speed with uh, Tommy Omiobi and uh, Sandy Niasi. Those guys are, are burners, you know. And then these guys that can finish like Jake Keegan and Fordyce, you know, Fordyce. You know, so they're they're a tough one to. Uh, you know, you kind of underestimate these guys. And uh, yeah. so I think it's going to come down to, you know, you've got to win this, I think, this portion and maybe the entire thing before that final weekend. I think you're right, EJ. These teams, you have to win. You've got to get three points every time out, basically, uh, and close to that. Because when it gets down to that final weekend, I think things are going to be basically decided. Teams are going to be dropping off. Indy's going to, like, like Indy did in the uh, – spring session, you know, they kind of like that last game, they, that was all theirs. Uh, you know, they had won it the week before in the weeks coming up to that. And I think the same thing is going to happen. you got to to get that home field advantage now is going to be crucial. And that's what they're really playing for. Yeah, Edmonton's obviously taking that Atletico Madrid approach, man. Uh, you know, limit them from scoring and take take advantage of a few opportunities that we get. I mean, I, I feel like I'm looking at Atletico Madrid, you know, trying to go through La Liga, doing the same thing that Edmonton's doing in the North American Soccer League. They have a, a, a very, very, you know, they're pretty similar, man. I mean, they're doing the same exact thing. We saw Atletico. You can't score on Atletico Madrid. They barely score. Same kind of thing. But, Frank, I, you know, if you look at the table, man, there's, 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 every club, there's, there's no club out of this yet. Not one of the eight, as bad as Puerto Rico has been, as terrible as Fort Lauderdale has been, and Jacksonville finally gets that big road win. That was a big game for them this weekend, by the way. But, uh, you know, you're talking about six points separating everybody from that fourth spot, right? So from Rio all the way down to Puerto Rico, we're talking about six points. That's obviously two games. I mean, that's, that's why I'm talking about, and you were just talking about the same thing. It's going to come down to a matter of the uh, – you know, something stupid happening, just like with the Cosmos and Edmonton, like you're talking about. You know, you're looking at a one nothing win. Next thing you know, you're down 2-1. You just gave away three points, and now you're in second place, third place, just like that. It's going to happen the rest of the campaign. Frank, though, there's only 10 matches left, 11 matches left in, the, in this whole thing. Like, yeah, this is – it's all essential now, Frank, though. Especially, like I said, with Rio at 13 and Puerto Rico and Fort Lauderdale at 7. <laughs> you're talking about six points, Frank, though. That's nothing. Nothing. Yeah, right. It's going to come down to, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be tight. I, I do think, I don't think Puerto Rico is going to be a, a factor in uh, at the end. I don't think Jacksonville is either. I know they're, they're close to it. I'm not sure about Carolina. I know that, uh, you know, we, we've, we've seen what they can do, and, and if they're best, they're good. Uh, these teams can only be spoilers, and uh, obviously that's going to happen. Uh, Rio, Rio, I don't think is going to be a factor, but, they, you know, they could be a major spoiler. So um, saying that, <laughs> I think you know you got it. You got the still the formula is win at home, and uh, you know get some points on the road. That's how Indy got through the uh, spring season. Remember, they only won mm-hmm. four games, and uh, they were you know pretty comfortable going into that last game actually. You know, and they had to win that, and they did. So I think uh, that formula will work again now. Uh, you got, but you got to win these. I think these two games coming up: Cosmos away at Puerto Rico. They haven't played there. Uh, still a must. I think that you got to count on three points there. And then Carolina at home. Uh, again, all of these home games, those are the must three point. Those are big three point games. You got to win all your home games, I think. Yeah, and Puerto Rico's, you know, they, they, they still haven't won on the road yet. They have their 1 1 and 1 record at home. But, 
Yeah, they 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 have some struggles, man. We we already discussed it when we saw Puerto Rico. Obviously, they they, they figured out a little bit because they're playing a little bit better than they were when they faced uh, Cosmos last time out. But uh, man, uh, you know, it's, it's still a loss, a draw, a loss, a draw. The, the last four matches have not exactly gone well for Puerto Rico. And you know, from what from what we saw the last time that that the Cosmos faced Puerto Rico, that team, uh, I still can't believe we're looking at a two-two draw. That 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 two-two draw with Carolina this weekend, I, I couldn't even believe that result for them to go on the road and get two goals. I, this team still looks a little bit disorganized to me, Frank. So I, I still think they have a lot of way, a, a long way to go, to be honest with you. But uh, I mean, you, you got to anticipate the Cosmos are walking down there, uh, knowing this is a business trip. I, I think this is where the Cuba trip kind of came in handy last year, where they had this right in the middle of a campaign stuff. You know, now this is actually a regular season game where they actually have to go down to, you know, down there and play. So this is it's different. It's not like a friendly against a Cuban team. This is like a real game against Puerto Rico, and they need these three points. So this is a business trip, man. I, I obviously hope that the Cosmos are going to take this pretty seriously because obviously the road has not been all that well for the Cosmos this year. We know this. They they need these three points. I mean, to give away three points from a team at the bottom of the table right now would be devastating, Franco. It would be devastating. Yeah, I think I think you're right. They're, they're kind of be um, get a little acclimation from last year. Cuba trip to go down there, maybe not going to feel so. I don't know. It's like a different world. Look, it's almost a different country, you know. Obviously, uh, yeah. Puerto, Puerto Rico is playing soccer, so uh, yeah, that little uh, uh, unease or unknowing what what you're getting into there can make a little difference. But yeah, you're right. They, they go in there just play like they can. Uh, they should win this game. I don't think Puerto Rico. I think another team that might not be a factor, but there could be a spoiler is Miami. Uh, gone for one yeah. four goal game where they looked great and zero shots on goal in their last game. Uh, I think they're just too inconsistent in Miami. It's taken them too long to get it together. Uh, Miami, Puerto Rico, they're like first-year teams, you know. Um, consistency is, is really tough. At high-level, consistency is tough to attain. So I think Miami yeah. is actually moving in the right direction. Puerto Rico could be as well. But I don't think that they're – I think it's just too late for them to, to really uh, be a factor in, in uh, what's going on this year. Uh, look at it. It takes, it takes a year or two to get, the, get your team together. It really does. You know what you're getting into. So I look for Miami to be a real factor next year and uh, maybe Puerto Rico as well. But right now, those are teams you've got to take three points on. Papa? Yeah, well, Miami having only seven matches played is certainly going to help them later, man. They have 13 games left in this campaign. <laughs> That's a lot of points out there waiting for them. I mean, obviously with Indy and the Cosmos and Ryo all playing nine matches, they have two games in hand on them. So that's... That's big, man. I mean, frankly, that's, that's big. I just you know, 13 minutes, they have almost 40 points available to them when it comes down to it, which is a lot. But, uh, all right, well, you and I have been talking for a while here, and uh, I want to get Jimmy Mulligan. Uh, so nice of Jimmy to come on. Obviously, as soon as he came over to the club, I, we knew we were going to have Jimmy on this show because Jimmy always comes on the show. He was on our show, I think, three times last year and uh, twice back in 2014. So why would this year be any different? Uh, <laughs> so good to see Jimmy back in the Cosmos uniform. Obviously, it's cool. So, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to bring you the Jimmy Mulligan piece. Frank and I sat down with Jimmy about an hour ago. And enjoy that, and uh, we'll be right back with you. So, uh, yeah, Jimmy Mulligan piece. Enjoy. All right. Well, just about a month ago now, our guest this week made his way back home. And, of course, I reached out right away to my man. Bring it home, Jimmy Mulligan, back to the Cosmos. Oh, Jimmy Mulligan. Welcome home, man. How does it feel to be back with the Cosmos in green and white? Ah, it feels great. Great to be home. Great to be playing uh, back in front of fan, uh, friends and family again. 
Yeah, man. We uh, when we were at St. John's for the U.S. Open Cup, I thought you both times, man. I, I know you would have loved to have been on that field, playing in familiar territory over there, man. I, you know, I, I obviously I thought about you, Nick. You would have loved to have been on that field for those games, man. We missed you. Oh yeah, <laughs> would have been great. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, let's talk about what's going on. Obviously, uh, spent spent the first part of the season with Swope Park and under Mark Dos Santos who we very well, we know him very well around here. <laughs> and, uh, man, talk, talk to us about your time at Smoke Park. Obviously, we missed you. And, you know, that, that had to be a good experience, Jimmy, because you look like a different player right now. Man, you look so composed. I mean, obviously, a trip down to the USL couldn't have been that much. Man, you look really composed out there, Jimmy. I noticed it right away. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, it was a great move for me. Uh, I got a lot of games, and they, you know, put a lot of faith in me and gave me a lot of confidence. And, you know, game in and game out, I was out there starting and getting a lot of minutes and, you know, it helped me improve my game. That's all it's about. you got to get on the field. you got to get experience. And uh, that, that's what really helped me, just playing all those games. And it was great to get out of yeah. New York. You know, I spent pretty much my whole life in New York. I went to college in New York and grew up in New York. So it was nice to see a new city and something very different than what I'm used to. And, you know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for those who don't know, that's uh, Sporting Kansas City's affiliate club down there. And, uh, man, you know, a cool little place they have down there, too. A little tiny, little quaint little park. Man, that place is pretty cool. Now, obviously, you know, you leave there, and you still want to – I see your Twitter feed, man. I know you still kind of hang out with them because they were good to you down there. And, uh, you know, you, you, you get into that social stuff, which is very cool, man. Is it, is it tough when you, like, leave a club and you kind of, like, you know, you want to hang out with them still because they're, like, you know, they helped you get to you know, back here to Cosmos. And, you know, do you feel like still reaching out to them? Like, like you, obviously, you still have a relationship with them. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, I made a lot of great friendships there. They um, And, you know, they knew it. it was tough for me coming from New York to a place from Long Island on the beach. And, you know, now I'm going to a place where there's no beach and it's completely away from home. And all these guys really welcomed me in. You know, the whole coaching staff, the whole team, all my teammates were great to me. So, yeah, of course I'm going to keep in touch with them. You know, it's great to have all these connections, uh, you know, forever. So I'm, I was really happy to meet these guys, and it was really great to meet. And the fans were amazing there. And that's why I sent out those tweets because, you know, they were always at our games, and the, the people in Kansas City loved their sports, and they really showed up to every single game through the rain, and it was great. It was great to be a part of that. Right? They don't care, man. They're going to show up. They don't care. Uh, that, that is cool stuff. The yeah. Midwest, man. I, you know, we we talk about the Midwest a lot down here, Jimmy. Man, <laughs> it's amazing how how they really feel about soccer in the Midwest. Go all the way from Indiana right down, you know, Kansas City, St. Louis, all that kind of stuff, man. Right down the middle of the nation. It's just it's soccer territory out of nowhere. It's it's, it's weird to actually talk about the middle of our country is so soccer hungry, and it was cool. You got to be a, you know a part of that. All I, I think it's cool. You got to be a part of all. Oh yeah, it was amazing. It was great. They they love it and. Uh, you know, sporting, they sell out their games. I mean, it's been 80 games or something like that, consistently sold out. And it's just, it's a great atmosphere. Everyone loves their sports, especially soccer. And it was, it was really cool to be a part of. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, so we talked about the USL here every once in a while, man. And, uh, you know, now it's cool that they're in that Western Eastern Conference thing that they did. Of course, man, I, I can't believe how the, man, everyone's so close there, man. It seems like everyone's won 10 games and everyone's lost seven games and everyone's kind of, this even keel down there. I mean, you look at the standings down there. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, wow, everyone's so close to each other. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Everyone kept telling me that before the season because this is my obviously my first time playing in the USL, and they were saying, "Look, it's just you, you drop a game here, you win a game here. You're the next thing you know, you could be in 11th place, and the next game you could be back in fifth. And 
it's just such a tight race, and that's what's so great about it. It's so competitive. Every game matters, and uh, it's really cool. It's a really, really cool league, especially the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 Frank and I talk about hopefully they're going to get to the promotion and the relegation portion of all that kind of stuff at some point. Man, I, you know, you, you've come on here before and we've talked about some of this stuff. Man, I, I think it would be cool to start seeing some of this, some of these lower tier teams starting to come into the NASL and some NASL clubs coming to the MLS. I mean, I, I, I know, I, you know, I, I assume you're a big uh, proponent of, uh, of promotion and relegation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be great. Uh, just to yeah. make everything so much more competitive, you know, and it would be really cool. I mean, I know we're a few years off, but every league around the world does that. So it would uh, be really great to get to that, that, you know, stage, and hopefully at some point it will happen. But, yeah, it would just make everything more competitive. Everyone's going to be fighting for, uh, you know, a spot to stay in their league. So. Yeah, man. And of course, uh, we got to talk about this match this past weekend, Jimmy. Because my God, I, I, I actually thought like like there were going to be like four deaths on the field this weekend, man. You guys were killing each other. Everybody was. Just, I mean, my God, man, that was the most physical game I think I've seen all year, Jimmy. I, I mean, you know, obviously it's a physical league. It's just it's nonstop in the North American Soccer League. But the Tampa Bay New York Cosmos rivalry took another step last weekend, Jimmy. Being, being involved with a match like that, and obviously being involved with that, Jimmy, that goal, what a pass that you put in the middle. You know, you, it's one thing when you throw a ball into the box and it's just this lofty thing where any goalie in the planet can just come out and say, yeah, you can't just do that. I loved your ball that you put into the box that ended up getting that penalty kick, man. You kept it low. You kept it at a trajectory where the goalie, you know, Pickens couldn't come out and make any kind of a play on that. And, you know, obviously they got the penalty kick call. That was a great job, Jimmy. Keeping that ball, you know, maybe nine feet off the ground or something. That I love that move, man. I thought that was a great entry for you. I, I, it all got, I got everything started. Yeah, yeah, it, was, um, it worked out great. Hiro uh, made a great run, so it was just, you know, it was easy to put the ball where he he made the run, you know. And fortunately enough, we we got the penalty. And even if Hiro was a second earlier, he could even maybe got the goal because. Uh, yeah, it was a low ball, and obviously the keeper couldn't make a play on it, and their defender even made a great header on it to defend it out. And, yeah, we got lucky enough to, to get that PK. But, yeah, you mean an outside player has to be able to whip those balls in, and we, we do crossing and finishing in practice all the time, and, you know, that's that's just part of the game. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to admit, Jimmy, uh, I've been critical of you and I, Jose, and Hunter Freeman for coming up so much. It seems like, you know, when, when there's set pieces and corners and deep throw-ins like that, it's tough when the defenders come up and take those throws and make those kicks because, you know, obviously at that point you're you're more in part you're more a part of the offense than part of the defense. And if you get caught, I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of bad things can happen in transition if your defensemen are up, you know, trying to push. Man, I, I, I'm going to admit that I've been critical of you guys kind of pushing up a little too far, and sometimes it can cost you here and there. So, you know, I, I, is it easier for you to push up, man? I mean, obviously you know, your your, your throw-ins are, are phenomenal, man. You're putting balls right on people's feet. I, I love your throw-ins, man. Great stuff. Um, but I, I'm going to tell you, I've been critical of you guys, uh, you know, the defense pushing up and uh, and taking these plays in the offensive zone when you guys kind of get caught up there. Do, do you feel any of that? I mean, is it, is it just me? I mean, you can tell EJ to shut up all you want, man. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I mean, that that's just our style of play. You know, Gio has yeah. you know, ingrained that in our minds from the minute they, you know, rebooted the Cosmos. We want to be an attacking style team. We want to push our outside backs forward, and we want to get everybody involved. I mean, we want to be the team with the ball. And, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. We're going to lose the ball. There's going to be counterattacks against us. But, you know, we want to stick to our game plan. We want to stick to 
throwing the guy forward, but with the balance as well. So if we're attacking down the right side, we obviously want to have Iose up, but, you know, still balancing the line. And we could even get better at that. But we're not going to change the way we play. We, we love the style of play. We want the ball. We want the possession. And that's just another way to attack, and we're going to keep that going. Yeah, you can see that you guys do a great job of possession. I mean, uh, certain games like Puerto Rico where you guys absolutely dominate that team, they couldn't string anything together. And uh, I know Franco wants to jump in here. Franco, man, get in here and talk to Jimmy. <laughs> well, okay, I'm just going to say one thing on that. I think GJ is kind of right on that. But I think as long as Hunter or Jimmy is back, I don't think they're both going to go up. You know, um, if one of those guys is back, then you're covered, I think, you know, on those, those quick counters. And teams are waiting for those counters, too. So, uh, but yeah. uh, the other thing is, we were talking a little bit about, about Marco Santos, and actually, we were like praising the. I, I thought I saw so his uh, Ottawa teams train a lot because they'd go to Florida a lot when I was down there, and they just mm-hmm. spent a lot of time down there because of the weather. And, and I was thought he did a great job. So, we were just to, clear, to clarify that, we weren't getting down on the except for that. I thought it was a huge tactical error right at the end, but otherwise, I, I think he did a great job. So, I guess uh, my question is, how was it, um, you know, sort of playing? in maybe kind of different tactical, you know, formations and just a little look, different look at the game in Swope Park. And, and uh, you know, how, how different was that and how, how much did you learn from that? Yeah, um, Mark, he's an unbelievable coach. He's a great player coach. He manages players so well. And that was something that I, I loved playing underneath him. And, yeah, he, he's a little bit different with the styles. It's a, he's, got, he's a very tactical coach loves to keep our shape and keep us very organized, and that's why he's so successful because it's very hard to break his teams down, and that's what we brought into – that's what he brought to Swill Park Rangers. And, you know, we, we struggled sometimes, but most of the time we were very organized and it was very tough for teams to break us down, and he loves counters. He loves to, you know, be organized and be able to win balls and have fast wingers and be able to counter. And he thinks that's the way soccer is, uh, you know, like evolved from the old days. And, you know, it's a different style. I agree with him. I love playing underneath him. And, um, yeah, it was a great experience. All right. Uh, yeah, man, listen. <laughs> Bring it in Diosa for Arango. You know, a lot of people, uh, man, I, 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 when he first came in, and obviously they only gave him three minutes to come in and try and make something happen. And what does David Diosa do? But comes in and makes something happen, Jimmy. I mean, you know, when you see mm-hmm. Ron come off the field, man, what a, what, that was a great goal, man. Obviously, you know, the timing of it all didn't hurt either, Jimmy. I, I, that was great. But, you know, when you see someone like that come in, did you feel – I'm telling you, I felt when David Diosi came on that he was going to win this game and do something incredible in less than five minutes. And sure enough, <laughs> did it. I, I, that's, are you not impressed with what Siba and Flores and Diosi and all these guys are doing? Because, you know, you came here – and, you know, those guys were here when you left. But, uh, you know, there's just a lot of new faces on this team from last year. And obviously, it's a whole different – not a whole different team. But, Jimmy, you know, there's a, you know, a big different dynamic than there was here last year. And, you know, working with guys like that and having David Diosa come off the, off, the, off the bench to come in and produce a goal like that. Do you, do you love seeing stuff like that? And I want to talk to you about um, my man in the middle back there, number three, David O'Chang. What, what an amazing learning curve this kid has pulled off, man. I, I, are you not impressed with David O'Chang on that back line? And having him back there, you have to have you have to be able to consider going up that line a little bit easier when you know David O'Chang's back there. I think that kid is phenomenal on that back line, Jimmy. Oh yeah, I mean, first with Diosa, Diosa coming into the game it was amazing. I thought it was a great sub. He has so much energy. Great He's playing so well, and uh, I'm I'm really happy for him to get that goal. You know, we've been working on it and talking about it in video all the time about making that near post run. And he got to the near post, got across his guy, and it was a great finish. And I'm very happy for him. And he 
deserves all of that. And David O'Shane, he's just he's got so much potential. He's a younger guy. Oh. He's so solid in the back. It's uh it's really great to play next to him and where that back four is so solid with him and uh yeah, it's been great playing. Great getting to know him. He's a great kid off the field. And uh yeah, it's been really awesome. Yeah, we like him a lot around here, man. <laughs> That's for sure. And uh, you know, we were talking about the physical. Na- we were talking about the physical nature of this game. I actually thought uh, Coach Campbell and Coach Geo were going to fight at one point, and Adam Moffitt and obviously Mr. King <laughs> did end up getting into a little bit of a fight there, man. They both got sent off the pitch. That was tough to watch. I mean, King came after Adam like, like he had just insulted his whole family and ran over his dog. Like I, I, I couldn't believe it that King came after Adam like that. And what else could Adam do? Just say. Well, Man, that that was tough to watch because Adam's not a fighter and Adam's not really that big of a trash talker either. I I was shocked that Moffat and King both got sent off and King absolutely came after him, uh, Jimmy. I I didn't get that at all. Yeah, it was tough, tough situation. Uh, but that's the rivalry right there. That's what um you know that's what yeah. we all love. We lo- we don't obviously we don't love the red cards, but we love the rivalry. We love the fight. And uh, you know, was, in the end, it was the referee's decision, and um, that's his decision. You know, he. Whatever that's what he made, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks to have him, you know, out for the next game, and but that's it. That's the rivalry, and we love all that. We love that in sports. So, yeah, that's a big rivalry, man. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Cosmos rivalry is big. And Jimmy, I know, I know, you were getting ready at halftime to come on the field, and you weren't there for Coach Geo. With <laughs> Jimmy, Coach Geo, uh, Chelsea came up to Coach Geo after the, for the second halftime speech, and uh, <laughs> said the coach, um, "What do you think of the refereeing in this match, Coach Geo?" I mean. Oh, my God, Jimmy. I, I couldn't believe you actually answered that, and I actually can't believe you even answered it because, <laughs> man, I, I, you know, both of those coaches were trying to get every little call, every little thing. And even Coach Gio was like, this guy's over here barking and losing his mind trying to get every call. And I don't think it's right. That I, <laughs> obviously, I, you didn't see that yet, but, oh, oh my God, Jimmy. The refereeing in, the, in that yeah. game was, uh, you know, I mean, Shagafi was, it looked like he was watching a different game at times, and he was just issuing cards. For, you know, sometimes there were, there were some ticky-tack calls that he didn't, especially early. Some of those cards were not deserved handing them out. I mean, how did you feel about the physicalness of this crazy game? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, uh, I love games like that. I love when it's physical. I, I love when refs let you play. And, you know, it's a tough, <laughs> it's a tough job, though. You know, being, being a referee, it's tough, you know. And it is. Especially in, a, especially in a game like that where you got both coaches are, you know, screaming, trying to figure – trying <laughs> to get something – and um, you know, I, I give the guy credit for even being a part of it. So I can't I can't say anything bad about him. It was a tough game to ref for sure, especially in a rivalry game and you know, that's pretty much pretty much it. Yeah, talk about the heat, man. Just give me give me man, before we let you go, I just definitely want to bring up the heat short team. You know, taking those breaks a half hour in is obviously something you guys need. It's hot. I mean have you have you been amazed? Obviously oh, you yeah. weren't here for the first part where it was freezing for so long and now it's just unbearably hot out there, man. How tough is that to play though? Oh yeah, it was. Um, to be honest, that game against Tampa Bay was a little bit easier just because the week before we played at four o'clock and the sun was still out, and that was like the hottest game I ever played on on turf. But um, yeah, the humidity was crazy. We were soaking wet while we were playing. But um, that's that's it, man. You just gotta get through those conditions and uh, you know grind out results like you did. But yeah, it's. Um, yeah. And luckily enough, the Midwest is ridiculously hot too and humid at nine o'clock in the morning. So um, I, I got kind of used to it. And um, but yeah, it was it was a hot day. But luckily enough, we got like a, a little warm up in. I could say the week before when we played at four o'clock, which was that was unbearable. 
That is a little bit much. <laughs> now, obviously, Puerto yeah. Rico's coming to town this weekend, and uh, you know that'll be your. That'll be your you know, that, that'd be cool to see them, man. I said them you know, getting a chance to go out to Puerto Rico and play some football. Now, obviously, you were part of the Cuba trip last year too. So how cool is it to actually see something else, man? Another little, little trip, Puerto Rico. I, 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 you're probably looking forward to this too, no? <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm so excited to go to Puerto Rico. Uh, it's gonna be a cool yeah. trip. And uh, and I, I've never been, and um, it's, they're a good team to play against. That's going to be another physical game. So, yeah, it'll be really cool to be down there. Hopefully the weather is not too uh, hot down there, too. But, yeah, I'm excited to go and, you know, get a result and, and enjoy it as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. And, uh, uh, Franco, you want to you leave Jimmy with anything before we let him go? Yeah, one last thing, Jimmy. Um, I thought that game reminded me a little bit. I wonder if, if it uh, reminded you a little bit of Cosmos of last year where, you guys were really resourceful and, and even going right down to the last play almost, you know, where you have to make a defensive play on the line. You know, you guys uh, able to pull it, pull it out. Are you kind of getting back that feel of last year? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, we, we have to start games better, so we shouldn't even be in that position giving up those goals. We have to, you know, keep getting zeros in the back and, you know, be able to – because we're scoring goals offensively. And we need to make sure as a team we're defending better and, you know, keeping that zero on the board so we're not even put in that situation. But, yeah, it, that's going to happen sometimes. The game's going to be like that. We're going to give up goals and we're going to have to, you know, fight for the last minute. And that's everyone's got to be mentally checked in, and I think we all were. I think we put in the effort from for 97 minutes plus because of that seven-minute stoppage time. And, um, you know, we really got the job done. And that's, that's going to be our, you know, we, we want to be like that always. We've talked about it forever. We want to finish games well. We want to start games well, finish games well. And that uh, game against Tampa is definitely, you know, finishing a game well. Yeah, you think? It's pretty nice, man. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty nice, man. I mean, to be down 2 nothing within 15 minutes of a match, especially at home, that's, uh, you know, you're already behind the eight ball, man. I think you guys did a great job of, you know, keeping it right there and, and limiting their chances. My God, Jimmy, they, they didn't really have too many chances after that, that, that maybe two more chances that they had after that. I mean, you guys did a great job, especially in the second half, and especially when it was 10 versus 10. I mean, I don't even I don't even think that for more than uh, – my God, man, did a great job of keeping the ball away from them, which is what you're talking about. That's what you got to do, especially in a situation like that where you're trying to get back into a game and you finally get it to 2-2. Now you're both playing down, man. It's important to keep the possession of that ball, and that's exactly what you did. For sure, yeah, definitely. Um, that's, but we, we have to, you know, manage the game like that. we got to keep possession, which is, you know, something that we even can improve on. We had a great – we did a great job against Tampa Bay. But, you know, most importantly, we have to come out starting games better. We have to come out flying. We can't be going down two goals and having to, you know, fight back and then do all this. We need to, yeah, you know, come out fighting, keep a zero in the back, and, uh, you know, get some goals and then manage the game that way. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, Jimmy, let's get you out of here. I, obviously, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, man. I, you know, I've been looking forward to having you on since you came back. Ah, uh, Jimmy, man. Yeah, stay I'm, healthy, I'm man. excited that I got on. Yeah, man. I, you know, I was looking forward to it too. Man. I, you know, you're, you've been on like, you've been on the show. I think more than anybody else. I think you've been on the show five times, dating back 2014 and last year and this year now. I mean, man, you know, we love having you on. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a regular, you know. I'm serious, man. That's very cool. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, go get back to doing what you're doing, man. Again, we appreciate you taking the time, and uh, you know, of course, Frank and I'll probably see you on the 27th at Short Stadium, but. Uh, take on Carolina, but good luck. Enjoy the trip to Puerto Rico, man. Uh, we're both jealous. Man, have some fun down there. Don't forget to have at least a little bit of fun down there. Too. I know you will. I know you will. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get three points and have some fun. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me on.
Yeah. All right, Jimmy. We'll talk to you later, man. That's awesome. Uh, uh, that's just awesome. All right, Jimmy. <laughs> Very cool, man. Frank, that's cool. Uh, you know, we've had Jimmy on. I think we had him on uh, three times last year. He came on 2014 as well. I'm on Sports Palooza Radio. And Jimmy's a character, man. We've all we've all known about some of the character stuff that he does. And he's a perfect fit for any any club. I don't, I don't think there's any club that can have Jimmy Publishing come on their side and not at least understand and, and appreciate that what, what he does on and off the field. You know, it's a shame. I, I should have brought up some of the off the field stuff because I know he's going to be making some appearances and. Uh, at the clinics and stuff, because he always does, and he already has. He's already been back and already made one. That's the stuff we love, too, uh, Frank, all the off-the-field stuff that Jimmy gets involved with. Great character guy. Yeah, his personality is just really great, because you need that, too, because, like, you, you can see where uh, that – and that that starts to be effective and when when things get tough, you know, because he's the real deal. You know, he's like he's like that all the time. So – uh, when things are going good and you know they're goofing around or whatever, he's he's a character. You know he's good. But when things are tough, like in a game like Tampa, uh, he's still there. You know he's got a lot of personality. He's not he's not afraid of uh, you know the pressure. You know, he's like talking there, like he loves a, a real physical game where things are going uh, necessarily in your favor all the time. He's thriving on that. You need guys like that to overcome that because look, they gave up the two early goals. I thought those were a little bit difficult to stop those goals. Obviously, you don't want to give them up, but, you know, that stuff happens, like you said. So you got to have guys like that or character guys, not just characters, but they're character guys too, you know. So you know that they're going to yeah. be there at the third minute too and you need him to preserve that win for you. And, uh, you know, things were going bad. I mean, it could have spiraled out of control. But, uh, again, I think he's a leader, you know, in that sense too. So, yeah, all that stuff uh, manifests itself in, in this Good personality, big personality, and a, and a real force on the field. So, yeah, Jimmy, always good to have him on the show as well. It's good for us. Yeah, I, th- I think he was fired up at the end of that game, especially because of the second goal. Remember, he he, he was he was trying to defend that second goal. He was the last defender between uh, the goal and Jimmy and Jimmy Mauer. You know, obviously that didn't work out. And, uh, he couldn't stop that ball. So I think the fact that he kind of was partly responsible for giving up that second goal a little bit and then the comeback, I think that's partly why we saw Jimmy so – man, he was pumped up. I mean, I saw Jimmy after that match, and he was absolutely pumped up, mouth open, fist in the air, like, you know, screaming like, yeah, we got this. I mean, it was – it was so obvious in his face that he was, you know, happy to see this win. I, I think it's partly because of, you know, being responsible for the second goal and get, getting the Cosmos down to nothing, and then of course being involved with the, with the with the penalty kick and, and the ball, the placement of that ball, Franco, the placement of that ball was unbelievable. He didn't get Pickens any time to like, you know, make a choice of coming. Because some, how many times do we see a guy just, you know, I'm just going to float a ball into the box, and I, I don't know how effective it's going to be. And more often than not, it's not. You can't just float a ball into the box. And expect the goalkeeper to just be like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's just, you, you really? That's the best you have? And Jimmy's cross into the box was unbelievable, man. It really had no height to it. And you knew it was going to create danger just because of the trajectory of the ball coming into that box. You knew it was going to create danger. And that's, that's what you need. I, I thought that was a great job. And then, of course, the, oh, my God, I forgot to bring up end save of the game. That, 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 that ball was headed for that post at least. When when uh, when Jimmy Mulligan headed that ball away at the final the final stroke of the game, that was an amazing save, man. How he knew to be there and back up because you know, he saw Jimmy uh, Jimmy Mauer coming out and that that whole back left, left uh, right side of that net was open and exposed and ready. And Jimmy, you saw Jimmy back it up, back it up, going. I think he's going to shoot this ball, and he did, and he was there. 
And that was huge, man. Obviously, if that ball goes in and makes it 3-3 after all the work that they did to get back to, from being down 2 nothing, that would have been a heartbreaker. A draw in that, in that situation, Franco, that, who knows what that would have done for the psyche of the Cosmos. So we really got to thank Jimmy Mulligan for saving that ball. I really, I, I've looked at that replay, I can't even tell you, five, seven times I rewound that going in still yet, but it sure looked like it was earmarked for that post. At the very least, Jimmy Mulligan was right there to stop it. And he really essentially saved the game, Franco. He really did. Yeah, right. Those are almost intangibles. That, uh, you know, and I uh, like to say the cross, uh, those just angles and being in the right place, you can't coach that stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah those are intangibles that he brings. Being there, yeah. just being the right and doing the right things, you know, that's like, yeah, uh, yeah that's that, those little things that I'm not sure you get if there's a stat for much of that. I don't think there is. Uh, but no. those are more important than a lot of the stats, million stats you can throw out there, and that's what he, he's bringing, bringing to the team. And, yeah, I mean, plus other real intangibles, you know, just the leadership that we talked about and all that and positioning. So, yeah, I mean, it pays off you. Graphic examples right there. Just, just uh, you put those on like sort of a highlight film for Jimmy. You know, if you're doing a highlight film for him, you're not going to see like a million goals, but you see stuff like that that like they're worth a goal. He, so he's he was worth a goal in that game, maybe two goals. You know, even though he's not going to get any stat for it, uh, definitely he's a winner. So I think that's I think that's what I'm trying to get at with him is that you brought back that spirit, some of that spirit that the Cosmos had in the last couple of years. You know. not about making the score sheet at that point. I mean, obviously he would have liked to have had an assist or of something of that nature from that play. But, uh, you know, all of us will remember it for, for, for the play that he made to have actually, you know, get, get the call down there. And, and you know, like you said, it may not appear on paper. And that save at the end of the game may not appear on paper. But those are two things that Jimmy Mulligan did to, you know, to affect this game in, in an extremely positive. Come, obviously, to come away with three, uh, three, two, winning three points is, is, is obviously significant. But to have that much of an influence on on, on a goal that was scored and a, on a goal that wasn't scored, you know, that's uh, it's a big thing, Franco. Yeah, Franco. I, I mean, yeah, I for, for me, Jimmy Mulligan. Well, for me, Franco, the, the Jimmy Mulligan kind of takes the player of the match for me. I, I mean, I, I know it always comes down to who makes the score sheet and who does this and what player does that. You know, in a game like that, when you really watch the game for what it was worth, uh, Jimmy Mulligan was the player of that match. He, even though he didn't score and even though his name doesn't appear anywhere uh, uh, just outside of, of, of being a defender on, uh, on the lineup, he was, he had such an influence on this match on every both sides of the ball all game. I, I think that's what makes a, a man of the match award, not, not just because you scored a goal. You know, uh, some, stuff like that really matters to me, Franco. It's not just about making the score sheets. It's about all those little intangibles that you mentioned, man. Yeah, sure. It's, it's, uh, basically, that's part of the essence of soccer. I mean, look at it. It's yeah. only a couple goals scored or whatever. Uh, most of the time, you're doing stuff to try to set yourself up to score or stop the other team from scoring, but there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, there's so much stuff going on out there, and mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that's doing all that. You've got to be really active. Another thing, talking about uh, – the end of the game there, I wanted to throw this in. Uh, a couple guys were on the bench for Tampa, Tommy Heineman, our, uh, one guy that we really like to talk to, and he's like kind of a Cosmos killer, you know. Uh, I noticed he was still on the bench. I was kind of waiting for him to come in. All, all of a sudden, he's not in there, and they go 97 minutes, and he's still not in. I think he, that was maybe a tactical error on Tampa's uh, part, too. Uh, 
Uh, Junior Burgos was another guy I thought that could have been a factor for Tampa. I never saw those guys get off the bench. So uh, so that was kind of in, in the Cosmos' favor. Uh, I mean, they really played right to the end, as Jimmy was saying, and I, I thought that was uh, what you got to do, too. And, again, there's no staff for that, too, because they say it's a 90-minute game. But this was a 97-minute game, and, and, and uh, those first 15 minutes where Tampa did score two goals were very important. And those last seven minutes scored a goal and then had one off the line, those are, you know, I mean, every minute it really counts, you know, uh, from, the, from the first, from the kickoff to the end. And uh, that's what you're going to see through the rest of the season. It's a very competitive uh, season in the NASL, and I think it's going to continue. Yeah, it was actually a pretty nice goal for Joe Cole, too, man. I mean, that was a pretty nice cross, and it was a pretty nice goal. I mean, to make it one nothing like that. And obviously, the second goal from PC was a pretty nice goal, too, man. PC has certainly had his uh, fair share of success against the Cosmos as well, man. I mean, we see PC all over the place. Uh, he, he just seems to always be on the score sheet every time the Cosmos play him. And uh, obviously, Guerra, Guerra had a big influence on this match, too, man. Uh, obviously, a couple of calls went against him as well. He could have got, he actually could have got a second yellow there. I actually thought he was going to be sent off the pitch, but then he, he didn't call that one. I, the more strange refereeing decisions. I mean, you called him the card that he got the yellow card for. I thought he shouldn't have got a yellow card for, and the call that he didn't get that, that, that should have been a yellow card, he didn't get a yellow card for. So I was just like, okay. What the hell is going on here, man? <laughs> that was extremely dangerous. Yeah, see, Tommy Heidemann, Franco, even when it got to be 2-2 and then when the, when, when uh, Moffitt and King came off, do you think maybe that could have been a time to bring on someone of the presence of a Tommy Heidemann? Like, how did you how did you leave him off the bench? I, I still don't get it. I don't know if it's because he got hurt the last time he came here and he was like, I'm not playing on this crap pitch. I hate this place. I, I, who knows what took to Tommy Heidemann's mind because obviously Shoe Stadium is, is a little bit of a nightmare to play on, man. That, that surface sucks. We know it. So maybe that was part of it. Maybe Tommy was just like, I don't know. You know what? And when they got up 2 nothing, maybe that was another part of an influence why they were just like, you know what? Uh, we're up 2 nothing. Tommy, I think you should probably relax and take some care of You know, when it got to be 2-2 and they were at 10 versus 10 for the last 25 minutes of the match, you'd think Tommy Heidemann might have been like, hey, coach, too. I mean, um, you know, you, you just bring up the question, you know, are they, is Tampa, you know, spending too much time worrying about things that are out of your control, such as referee yeah. calls and that sort of thing, and not paying attention to things you can control like that. That's a key tactical move right there, and a big piece of the puzzle that can win the game for you is a guy like Tommy Heineman, and uh, you just wonder. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a good fortunate move, but hey, I mean, the, the Cosmos, I thought, made the right moves. I think uh, you brought this up before, EJ. I, you like that uh, Andres Flores Diosa combination in there. Did that sort mm-hmm. one game? I think Saba might have set that up, but those guys finished it yeah, up. Yeah, they are they're pretty he well. Did. Yeah, they're playing well together, all those guys. So, uh, you know, you gotta you got to spend your time concentrating on finding the right combinations and getting the right players on the field, and I think uh, Gio Salvarese has been doing that. Yeah, Seba to Flores to Diosa, man. Yeah, that's another thing. And Seba needs to get on that score sheet. But it was at least nice to have him, uh, you know, be, be an influence on, on a goal like that at that point. I mean, that was obviously pretty big. And, uh, you know, Seba needs some confidence going forward here. Nice to get him on the board and uh, see him getting, you know, he needs some more goals. But uh, we got a couple matches tonight, Franco. We've got uh, a little derby with Jacksonville and Fort Lauderdale going on and Minnesota and Tampa Bay tonight as well. I I expect a few goals in that Jacksonville Fort Lauderdale match tonight. I mean, I just 
uh, man, I, I think these two are going to be <laughs> have a little bit of a party against each other tonight. To be honest with you, man, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, Jackson will get in that big win. Uh, man, it was so nice to see them get that road win out of the way. And you know, Fort Lauderdale is obviously struggling. Both of these two teams are down at the bottom of the table. Uh, I mean, but at the same token, Frank, we just mentioned it. A win for one of these two clubs, you're, you're in the thick of this race. That, that's all it takes, man. Uh, uh, you know, either one of these two teams comes away with three points. Especially Jacksonville. Frank, if Jacksonville comes away with three points, they are tied with Miami and Minnesota right outside that fourth position. Don't tell me this game isn't big to them. I know we're not expecting Jacksonville to be here in the end, and there's still a long way to go for that club, but we do realize that three points for this team, and they're, they're right here, and there's plenty of football left to play to get them in there. I, 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 craziness. It's amazing, right? Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I think what's going to make the difference, and I think the Strikers picked up uh, a Maori who, you know, his Serie A days are, are basically over. But in this oh, league, yeah. you know, for a few games, that's a guy that could make a difference. And you could vault those guys out. I think Jacksonville didn't do that. Jacksonville has not picked up one or two difference makers, and I think they need to do that. And I think Tony Miola might have waited a little too long on that. I would still uh, think they should have probably had patience and faith in him to get it right down there because I don't think the new coach is going to do a whole lot better than Tony did with what they've got. Saying that, I think they needed to pull the trigger and get a difference maker in there. And uh, yeah. the strikers take a little bit of a chance with Maori. I think he's coming in cheap. And uh, so it's not a big uh, uh, risk. You know, it might work, it might not. But I think he's a guy that reminds me a little bit of, of like, uh, Samaras, uh, you know, a big guy that can really play. He's a little older, but he's also had less injury uh, problems than Samaras uh, with uh, Ryle. So those are the kind of guys I think that can – they can they can make a difference, you know. You get get your team down and then throw one or two guys like that in there. All of a sudden, uh, then I think you can make those moves. Otherwise, I think it's, uh, it's these teams are just either don't have enough quality or they don't have the consistency to to, to sustain uh, uh, really advancing at the standings. Uh, were you shocked by the signing of a Maori man? I mean, I, I I was kind of taken back by. I mean, this is someone who's never left Italy. You and I obviously both know this name very well. I mean, there's, there's no clue. Everyone, everyone out there knows that Frank and I know a lot about Italian football. Uh, we Both of us can go back a long time. I, I, I'm shocked to see Amari say, you know what, maybe I should make a trip to America. I mean, I, you know, obviously he's been with Torino the last couple of years. Um, boy, he's been all over. I mean, we, we, we know he's been all over the place. What, what, what is he trying to gain by coming here, Franco? And what does Fort Lauderdale really expect to get out of him? Obviously, he's, like you said, he's down at the end of his career. I, he didn't get picked up for the Serie A campaign. So, obviously, someone said, you know, I, I, if this guy still wants to play, I, maybe we could find a, some room for him over here. Fort Lauderdale, the North American Soccer League, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of taken back by it. Do you think he's going to come here and actually, you know, have a big influence on the rest of the uh, fall campaign, Franco? Well, yeah, I know that they've been shopping him here to the U.S. specifically to uh, MLS and or NASL for the last couple of years. Yeah. I think MLS, what they were looking at, uh, nobody wanted it there, basically. But, oh. uh, uh, you know, I think his days with Serie A and maybe the top level are done. But I think it, he still has something to offer. I know uh, some people that were trying to work with him, and, you know, they, they believe in him enough to think he can still uh, bring something. Like, it's basically a 10-game ten, ten season he's coming into here. Yeah, he could probably do that, you know. Um, so, maybe. I, I, he's, again, I think he's coming in cheap. Now, if you're saying you've got to play, you know, 34 games of Serie A or even a 42-game Serie B schedule, he's probably not going to be 
uh, as a you know that's going to be tough for him. But uh, saying that, he could have a big influence. I mean, he scored ten minutes into his debut, so in a game that there weren't too many goals to be had, by the way. So uh, I, I think he could actually be a factor, you know. And uh, look again, if he's not, he's going to try. I mean, the strikers team to kind of figure out. I mean, just got rid of PC, okay. So that guy, you know, produced basically was involved with two goals, uh, you know, against the Cosmos for Tampa Bay. Had they kept him, you know, they might have been better off. But uh, whatever they're going through, they tried to hit right in a Maori, and I, I think he, if not uh, make up for PC somewhat, uh, maybe maybe at least give him a shot at uh, hanging in hanging in there because uh, you know, yeah. I think he's still got got enough to give. Again, a short season. Wow. He scored more goals for Fort Lauderdale in one game than he did in two years in Torino. So, I mean, man, uh, you know, obviously he hasn't been a big influence over there recently. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, the turf thing is going to be an interesting transition for him, too. Obviously, there is no turf in Italy. They don't care about turf. So he's going to have to learn how to change his game completely, especially at 36 years old and everything that you've already done in your career. Now you have to learn how to play on turf, too? Yeah, have fun with that, man. That's a nightmare. I, I almost feel bad for a guy. I, it's just... These surfaces stink in the North American Soccer League. I, I'm really shocked that he actually chose the North American Soccer League with all these turf stadiums all over the place. Franco, that's not going to be fun for him. He's not going to enjoy his time here. I mean, obviously, he's only going to have an influence to only get to play 12 or 13 games or whatever it's going to be. But, uh, you know, and, and another thing, to come to Fort Lauderdale, a team that's kind of out of the picture a little bit, are you extending your career just to – for what? I, I, I just don't, I don't get what he's trying to do. I, I guess we'll see what happens. Um uh, what, what we got going on this weekend, Franco? Puerto Rico. How, how, you know, we heard Jimmy mention mention uh, how excited he is to go to Puerto Rico. Obviously, the guys got to go to Cuba last year too. Getting to see some cool things, man. I, I, why couldn't the Cosmos have asked you and I to come make the trip to Puerto Rico? I, I, we'd have gone down there. <laughs> yeah, I thought what Jimmy was said was great. He says we're gonna uh, get three points and have some fun or something. I mean, this, this guy's attitude is great. You know, I mean, we, we love the uh, the fun part. Those guys are going down there, and they're going to enjoy this trip, and they're going to, like you say, it's a business trip. But, uh, you know, they're going down with the right attitude. So I don't really know what to expect when you go there. You know, I don't think they do either, but they're they're going at it uh, to get the three points. And, and, again, you know, with the right attitude, I think they're going to – it's a good, good sign, you know, Cosmos have that, uh, you know, that sort of uh, confidence that they're just going to go down there and get the three points. So that will be good to see if they can do that. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, I just want to mention one more thing about the County Regional Development Center. Um, they have some tryouts going on. The Westchester tryouts are going to be at uh, the House of Sports in Argley. Uh, the under 7 to under 9 is going to be at 5.30, 6.30 in the afternoon on August 22nd and 29th. And the under 10 through 12 is going to be at the House of Sports as well, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. on August 22nd and 29th. You know, all you got to do is uh, call 855-71-COSMOS or send an email to rdc at nycosmos.com, and you can check out both the Westchester and Suffolk County tryouts. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on. If you, you, don't, you have your kid wants to learn how to play soccer the right way, they're going to have some of the coaches over there. Obviously, a player or two will show up and help. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on with the Cosmos, so check into that. That's cool stuff. Uh, you know, of course, we always mention that stuff around here. I, I love that stuff. That's great. Um, all right, Franco. You know, big match this weekend. Where, where are you going to be? Che- where are you going to be checking out the match? You'll be home. Yeah, sure. I'll try to stream it again, like I did last week. We had some problems with that. I think uh, one last uh, thing on that, though, Adam Moffat won't be available. Uh, no, he won't. Hopefully, it's only one. Yeah, I think 
think it's hopefully a one-gamer. I think that's what it should be. I think the Cosmos are yeah. really going to miss him. That's a lot on Danny Zatella. I think Danny's really good at stepping up. And we'll see, uh, I think that's a really good position to watch to see how the Cosmos do there. Yeah, not not happy to lose out of mouth, obviously. It's not, not uh, you know, he's, he's pretty damn good, man. Obviously, all his experience is crazy. Uh, converting these penalty kicks, he's been solid, nonstop, perfect. Uh, it's, you know, it's nice to have him in that confidence at the line in case you need it. Um, all right, Franco, let's get everybody out of here. Of course, uh, thanks for everybody. Take, thank Jimmy Mulligan for taking the time and hanging out with us this week. Well, uh, man, Jimmy Mulligan's fantastic, man. It's a great, great guy to have on the show. So, uh, you yeah, know, welcome back to the team, Jimmy, of course. And, uh, Frank, all you know, have a good weekend, my friend. And uh, are you still planning on coming up for the Carolina match next weekend or what? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll see you guys, everybody there. Uh, five points, guys, nice. everybody, hopefully. Nice. You and I will be there. I know I'll be there, too. So that's cool, man. All right. Uh, again, everybody, thanks again for uh, taking the time. We'll catch you next week here on Into the Cosmos. Ciao. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.